Right, hello everyone. Welcome back to D-Pod. All right, so today we have a different episode. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm calling it right now. My note says Ageonomics <laughs> because today we have age. And yeah. age is Anezi, Giselle, and Edit. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi, everybody. Nice. Welcome to D-Pod. How are you guys feeling right now? Nervous. Nervous. A little nervous. My the palms are sweaty. sweaty. <laughs> we have tissues. We're ready, though. Yes. I was really confused why they brought tissues, but um sweaty palms. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, so you know, I've been meaning to have you guys on the pod for a while, but finally got around to it. So, you have the I guess unique vantage point uh, of being the first set of students who went through all four years mm-hmm. in our U Chicago ministry here. Uh, on the south side and uh, yeah now uh, you've joined uh, as members and also joining team and so just wanted to hear about your journeys just your observations learnings i don't know i I think that what you have to share will be very interesting to our students so yeah let's just get started for people who don't um, know who you are let's just do like some quick basic intros okay so so you're you know i often refer to you as age because that's just like the fastest way I know you guys call yourselves the curly girlies as well. Um, we have been yes. thus named. The, oh, <laughs> oh, you don't call yourselves that. <laughs> well, oh, I, mean, I, I feel like I've heard you refer no, we, to No, we have taken it upon ourselves, oh, okay, but we didn't okay. come up with it. I want to oh. give credit where credit is due. Oh, okay. Would you like to give yes, credit? Yes, Cheezera came up with oh, it. Oh, Cheezera. <laughs> Thank you, Cheezera. Shout out to her. Nice. Shout out to Cheezera. Um, mm-hmm. But my wife told me that I shouldn't call you that. So, <laughs> so I'm very careful about it. Anyways, age, age. age okay, age so could you maybe just tell us like, what are you doing for a job now? What Maybe what did you major in at UChicago? All of you are UChicago alum, class of 2022. Woo woo. Yeah. All right. So let's just go in age order. Yeah. So I'm Anezi. Yeah, class of 22. So we're 23 years old now. I majored in Korean or long form East Asian languages and civilizations. And now I am a marketer at Tableau for academic programs. Nice. Which is basically means that you're trying to get students to sign up for Tableau so that they'll be lifelong users. Yeah. Wow. That's a really good summary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> wow. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Giselle? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm Giselle. I majored in comparative human development, which is basically, it's a very niche major at UChicago. It's like anthropology. You can look it up. But yeah, I do something very different now. Oh, I also minored in statistics, which give some background but basically now i work for like this payroll software company and i just as an implementation analyst mm. yeah all right yeah my name is eden i majored in global studies and minored in human rights but now i work in something unrelated in corporate legal compliance where i assist big companies with small taxes <laughs> tax code so mm. yeah so on a scale of one to ten how how much do you enjoy your current jobs right now <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, they, be they completely might be listening. Honest. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, then my boss might be a big ten. Nippon fan. <laughs> what? Mm, I would say I'm at a a four. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, it's more than I thought. Oh, yeah, I also oh. agree. Okay, my roommates are. You know, they're they just both looked at it. They all right like kind of looked at each other like. I know. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm lowering it to <laughs> a, a two. I'm lowering it to a, a two. A two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. More realistic. Uh Yeah, I think I'll say a 9 out of 10 just because 
A 10 out of 10, I think, would be if I were dancing. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but I have no complaints, and I also don't want to look for another job. Mm. So, 9 out of 10. <laughs> okay. All right. Seem like you're pretty content in your job. I don't know. Maybe a 5. Kind of cheater answer, but I feel kind of indifferent about it now. I feel mm. like in the beginning, I was more like, what am I doing? But now, I think I'm just grateful that I have a job. Mm. It's not what I want to do, per se. It's not like a passion, but it's a job yeah <laughs> it pays the bills <laughs> yeah Basically. i mean an interesting follow-up question might be like what number would you be content with right because you know there's no saying it has to be a 10 right but, but yeah the two that's uh oh that question that's, that's a whole my that's a yeah. whole other conversation actually that's a whole other yeah conversation, but yeah that, that's yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. but you know like you know you have a job right now and you know thankful that you, yes, you have a lord. source of income praise the lord yeah amen <laughs> yeah. how about let's just start with a little bit of background okay so maybe tell us about your spiritual or religious background growing up like before you came to college all right so whoever wants to start i can start yeah so i was raised in a christian household both my parents became christian my dad when he was in college my mom late high school and then yeah so they i mean since growing up it was like I was always hearing about Jesus, seeing, you know, how my parents experienced like Christian living and following um, their convictions. But then I didn't myself make the decision until early high school. And then, yeah, I think coming to college was just like taking this childhood faith that was so sweet and like wonderful for me and like trying to graduate it, you know, and see what it would look like as an adult. Mm. Yeah, um, for me, I grew up going to church sometimes so my mom would take me and my three younger siblings to church but yeah I kind of stopped when I moved but then so then I kind of I don't know forgot about God in a way I never really thought about him until high school actually I think it was more like sophomore year of high school but even beginning of high school I feel like I just started thinking a lot more about life and yeah I was telling my roommates earlier too but yeah I'm I'm very existential have a lot of existential thoughts mm. and i think like yeah just different things in high school like friendship drama and stuff like that triggered like a lot of new existential thoughts about oh like what is my purpose like what is the meaning of life why am i here and i think yeah i don't know it only felt natural to kind of start investigating christianity seriously since that was something i kind of grew up hearing about so like i knew the bible stories and stuff but yeah, it was only until sophomore year, end of sophomore year when I really started investigating. My mom was going to a new church at a time, so I kind of started going more and actually paying attention and asking questions. And I also had a friend in throughout my junior year, I got really close to her and she was Christian. So she also helped answer a lot of my questions. And I think throughout that year, I also got to see myself as a sinner, someone who had also hurt others, not only been hurt, but also hurt others and hurt God. And yeah, at some point I just made a decision. Um, I don't remember like an exact date, but I remember like praying to God and be like, oh yeah, please forgive me. And like, okay, I see now like the cross makes sense. And yeah, it all makes sense. Not just like random stories, but yeah, it was, it was more personal. And then, yeah, I guess that's background. Mm. All right. Yeah, how about Nezi? Yeah, so for me, my parents, they're very culturally Catholic in the sense that we would go to church or to mass, I guess, on big holidays, so like Christmas or Easter, just all as a family. But then when we were at home, we wouldn't really practice it very much. But 
very much it was a lot of saying like oh god is good and like he's god and like you should pray to him every night but definitely not anything beyond that nor kind of connecting that to jesus or anything like that so i think that yeah growing up i didn't really have much of like brain development around what christianity actually was mm. it was more of just like oh a god exists and he's good and i should pray to him but not that i knew what prayer really was but then yeah in high school i had a friend who was christian but he didn't really seem very christian by his actions and so then i kind of wanted to judge him on the spot but i didn't really know <laughs> what a christian was <laughs> so i couldn't really say hey you're not being a very good christian and so that's kind of what that's where high school ended for me in the sense that I had that kind of, oh, I can't tell him he's not a Christian because I don't know what that is. So maybe I should figure that out. Hmm. And so that's kind of where I ended off high school and came to college with that curiosity of wanting to figure out, yeah, what is Christianity? And if I call myself Catholic or Christian, like I should know what that means and really kind of figure that out for myself. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So, so then let, let's, let's fast forward to, you know, college, you know, I know there's a lot to say about our upbringing, but so how, how did you guys first get connected to our church here in Chicago? Yeah. So I, so we used to be Sage. Now that we're age, we used to be Sage. There was an S and her name was Sarah and she, she, her name is Sarah. She still exists, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so Sarah and I over the summer, because I went to a summer program before our first year in college, I had met Sarah and offhandedly I had told her, oh yeah, I want to look for churches. And it was a good thing because I would not have woken up on the first Sunday that I was going to look for churches if she was not banging on my door at the time we were supposed to leave <laughs> to wake me up. So because of that, she kind of just like kept in touch with me and we would look at different churches on Sundays and that kept on once the school year started where she got a flyer for the first Make New Friday event, the welcome night. And I had gotten the same flyer, but I threw it away. But because she got the same flyer and invited me to it, I ended up coming and yeah, I've been coming ever since. Mm, wow. Thank goodness for uh, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Was that the very first Make New event? Ever? Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. And as he's wow. an OG. OG. Was, an OG, OG. <laughs> so are you the earliest out of the three of you to attend the... I came to the first thing some, that was ever available. Oh. Yeah. So, Eden, you were even earlier. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so. tell us about yours. How did you get... Uh, well, it was funny because for a while I was saying, oh, Johanna, Anna, and Kaylee, like... So they were CPIs our freshman year, our first church year. Church plant interns. Yes, mm -hmm. church plant interns on... The first day of classes, they were like tabling and giving out donut holes around 9 a.m., right when classes started. And I was walking with my roommate and I hadn't eaten breakfast and they were there and I was like, oh, you know, free breakfast. I might as well, you know, just stop by. And then when I was there, they had like a question. I was like, oh, what fills the hole in your heart? And I was like, oh, family or something. I wrote it down because I just wanted my breakfast, to, you know, to go. <laughs> um, I wrote it down and then I always said like it was Joanna or Kaylee, but it was actually Aurora who was here from Northwestern oh. assisting for like Welcome Week, right, um, right. who noticed that I was wearing a cross necklace. And she was just very pointedly like, oh, are you a Christian? And I was like, oh, I am. And then she's like, <laughs> oh, we're a Christian group. And I was like, no way. <laughs> And then she invited me to a boba like social thing that they were doing at Te, Te Amo. Mm. And so I was like, oh, sure, I'll be there. And then I was there and they had board games and I'm very competitive, so I really enjoyed it. And I was like, plus they're Christian, plus they're front, like fun, like 
let me go to Sunday too. Mm. And then that first Sunday, yeah, I was there. And was that the house church? That was house church. At I, the old Kim Park, at right? At old Kim Park, mm-hmm. yeah, in yeah. the living room. Yeah, for people who don't know, that's on, what, what is that, 57th yep. and Kim Park, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, by Medici. Yeah. By Medici, yeah. Yeah, that's that's neat. Wow. Can I can I ask, Eden, like, because did you, did you look at other churches or, like, you just just came to ours and that was it or yeah well it was relatively i mean it was early on so like i had just i felt like i had just gotten on campus and i was like still getting my bearings but i wanted to go to a church but i also didn't want to search that hard Mm. you know like i didn't have like a drive to be like oh i have to find a church Mm. and i guess that goes into my story too like how much i value church versus like individual Mm. like growth by myself with christ but i wasn't like set on finding a church and so yeah i fully think that like if i hadn't met someone that first week or maybe like second week of autumn quarter i wouldn't have ever like ended up really getting Mm. like plugged into a church any church Mm. because that's just where i was at at that point i see yeah could you could you i mean since you approached it could you just talk about that a little bit more like so part of your stories it seems like you're saying maybe you were focused on maybe just individual growth as a christian but your understanding of church maybe yeah, could we just talk yeah. about that? Yeah. yeah, so so I'm Eritrean. So growing up, there wasn't that many, like, Eritrean youth with me. And so there was never really, like, an available, I felt, like, an available, like, church community for me growing up. And so I really had to rely on, like, like Bible studies with my parents, like, at home, you know, mm. just us. Or how can I personally grow in my relationship with Christ like, by myself, mm. you know? And there wasn't a community to really do that with and so yeah whenever i like thought about church i was always like that would be so nice but is it you know isn't that needed like i i you know i was saved and like i'm like i'm i love jesus but then i never really had that strong church experience you know Mm -hmm. growing up and so coming into college it was like an added plus if i could find a church that i could get Mm -hmm. plugged into then great but if i didn't then i could be christian without it was Mm -hmm. my mentality and i feel like it was only Really, after my first year um, at U Chicago, when I realized, oh, the church is actually vital. Like, it was mm-hmm. a mercy from God that I was able to, that church found me, as mm-hmm. opposed to just kind of letting me go through college without finding a community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really neat. Because I, I know that some people, they come into college and they're like, you know, looking for a church or, you know, they, people can like shop around for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and that's good, actually. I do recommend that because people, I think people need to find where they can grow. Yeah. Um, but I think, the key thing that causes most growth is if you actually ground yourself in a community, right? And, you know, I guess for you, since you weren't like looking for a particular, you just, you know, you found the community and you were content with that, yeah. right? And then, and then hopefully your story is that through that you were able to grow. So, yeah. Um, actually, what I will say really quickly though is something that the reason why I like stayed that first Sunday mm-hmm. was I was like, oh my goodness, they're all so young. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, like that was the most shocking thing to me was that people like like 20s and 30s could give their like lives to Jesus oh, like interesting. meaning like where they're living and like how they're spending all of their time and like all of that like that was very shocking to me because without a church community the mm. only reference was my parents and like I think as a kid you're like oh my parents work like everybody else you know like mm. what I, you know you don't really notice like oh these are I could be a young person giving my entire life career mm. and like whatever to serving Christ or like, you know, just following Christ. So that's why I was so shocked by that. that I was like, oh, let me stay and like investigate. Like what could 
what about, you know, what could get young people not just to be like saved, but like saved into a mission? Mm. You know, like that was so, I was so curious and like so shocked by it. Was, is that just, that was just different from what you saw? Yeah. Because you know? your parents, you they're older, they're older right? by the time so, that yeah. I was born. You I know? See, and so I was I like, oh, they're like, like, I mean, my parents are right, older than right. I think most of my friends' parents. So they were like, you know, 50s and 60s. And I was like, hmm. whoa, like, you know, like that's that's the age to give your life to, right. you know, to give your life. I see. Morning, I see. afternoon okay. and night to God. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you get either Anezi or Giselle? Do you have any thoughts on that? Because yeah, I, I remember I think Anezi, like I remember mm-hmm. like for you, too, it struck you that this church was so young. Maybe it was yeah. different. Was it also because it was different from your experience yeah. growing up? Yeah, so since when I was younger, we would go to, like, Catholic Mass. It was, like, usually on, like, huge holidays where it's, like, thousand people coming into this one church. And then, like, this old guy will come and, like, preach on stage or the front area. And then I kind of just try and stay awake. And it was in Spanish. So it's, like, that's kind of what I knew to be church. And so when I was looking at different churches over the summer, because I did get come to see maybe three or four different churches in Hyde Park before checking out our church. I think that I definitely saw something slightly smaller and more cozy and more communal in those other churches, but it was still very much family focused in the sense that there would be multi-generations in that church. Mm. And so the messages would also be kind of broader messages so that maybe everyone can try and grab something out of this message Mm. instead of, pointed towards something that a college student specifically needs to hear. Mm. And I think that when I came to our welcome night, it was AJ who's in Seattle now doing like slam poetry. And then like (laughs) Noah, just, I don't know, talking how he does. So like, so passionate and Mm. just like seeing all of these young people on like this stage, like with these funky lights like everywhere. And I'm like, oh, this is not what church was back Mm. then. Even like in the other churches, that's not what church looked like and then yeah everyone was so quick to like I was so quick to have a person to connect with me and I actually also interacted with Aurora at the book table that night but just seeing all of these different young people it really made it stick out as kind of like oh like these messages are talking to young people like us like it was like something that everyone here could relate over instead of oh there's this message that it's about managing your finances. What finances do I have? I'm like 18 years old. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that that really yeah. made the church relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's really interesting to hear. I mean, you know, you know, I, I mean, I think we're still a young church, but back then it was really young. Right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, the guys, when they planted, they were like 25, 26. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Right. Two and years so older than us. Yeah. Like two years same. older than you now. Yeah, and imagine oh eight, eight of your friends just going to a, a brand new city like a thousand two hundred miles away or whatever it is from their homes and yeah. and like all right we're just gonna start reaching out to people here <laughs> right That's amazing, yeah. uh, so right. it's pretty wild actually and yeah and i think it just it does depend on what people are looking for because i think there's there's something to be said about the multi-generational church model. I actually think that's one of the you know overt weaknesses of our cur- you know church in Chicago, mm-hmm. which is that we can't offer that. Like, I mean, we can offer it network wide. Like mm-hmm. this past weekend, you know, I was I was in we were, were sort of trying to get certified for coaching, and you know, we were with uh, some some older ones, like people who are 10, 15, uh, 20 years older than us, and it was really nice because like man, like they have life experiences that I don't have, and I just learned a lot by just being with them and just asking them a lot of questions and things like that. And so, man, there's something beautiful to that. But like to Eden's point, there's also something 
like really compelling about a bunch of young people who are really excited and sold out for something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think maybe that's one of the strengths that we try to lead into. And that and then, yeah, I think we should really like while our church is still young, like we, we man, we have energy, right? Like we should we should use it and and and, and expend it for for the Lord. So. Yeah, thankful to hear that that was your experience. So as you guys think, as, as you think about your your journey in college, like what, what are some highlights? Just, you know, I'll, I'll leave it pretty open-ended. Like what are some highlights for you? What was like, what was the formative thing that God was doing in your life, right? Uh, I'm sure there's multiple, but if you had to just choose one angle, like, what was that thing? And it could be maybe it's through an event. It could be a longer period. It could be the challenge. So I'll leave it open-ended for you. I think for me, it's more of a longer-term thing. But, yeah, I think coming into college, I wasn't really looking for a church. I think I was kind of jaded about church. Yeah, just for different reasons. I just thought people were generally, like, hypocrites. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy how I started coming out. Like, I started coming out more my second year, actually. Yeah, like I met our church through like science and faith talk my first year and I got connected to the CPIs, but then yeah, I started coming until later. And I think I started coming because I started feeling very lonely. I felt like, oh yeah, I can't really do Christian life on my own. And I thought I had learned that lesson, you know, like by second year, mm -hmm. realizing that and starting to come out. But I think it took more years to really start to open up and yeah, really trust people just with my story or yeah, just telling them different things. Even now, I think sometimes it's still hard to be open and to talk. I much I am much more of a listener. <laughs> I think talking is definitely like more out of my comfort zone, but yeah, I think I don't know. I think my whole life I've also just longed for friendship and deep connection and I think being at this church I realized, oh yeah, like I can't have that unless I I'm open and talk to people like my peers or even especially older people, which I, it's something I find hard to do. Like just, yeah, just older like authority figures or people I see as authority figures. But yeah, it's been really helpful just trying to push myself or, you know, like people like Kata helping me out and like scheduling office hours, things like that. And just getting to practice it throughout the years. I think, yeah, I think now it's a lot easier to be more open and not be as fearful of what will people say? Cause I think that's something I really struggled with throughout mm. college. Yeah. And I think especially COVID made it really hard, but, and, and that took a lot of like reaching out to people, which mm. yeah, was really hard. <laughs> mm. I don't really like reaching out for, or asking for help. Yeah. 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 And as you were talking, I realized I totally didn't ask you the last question. So you snuck it in there, the science and faith talk. <laughs> so that's how you first got connected. <laughs> <laughs> that's great thanks for weaving that in there <laughs> that's but, pretty smooth to me yeah honest. that was pretty smooth yeah I, I really appreciate that talking has become your forte now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the, you know the, the openness things is really hard right because um, I don't know like maybe life teaches us to be guarded or sometimes we're explicitly told to be guarded like like you know in my upbringing people were, I was told like you don't share that kind of stuff with people outside the family right and mm -hmm. so so then so that's hard for many reasons like what were some things that like helped you or gave you courage throughout the years to like take those little steps of faith to exercise that? Yeah, I think I think it was a combination of people reaching out to me first. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I just randomly remember people like like Hannah Park, my second year, she would just she's really good at initiating conversations mm. and just 
asking really good questions. She's really good at coaching. Yeah, she mm-hmm. So yeah, I remember my second year, I yeah I was struggling with like friends from my house, my house friends. I was really close to them, but yeah, I was just starting to have some problems with them. And then yeah, just Hannah would sit next to me and like ask me questions, and then somehow it would lead to those friends. And then I don't know, she was just really good at bringing things out that mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't, I didn't think I would share about this today, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here we are. And I think, yeah, just people like Hannah Park, just asking those really good questions and me being able to talk about those things that I would otherwise just be silent about was very helpful. Mm. And then, yeah, I think like I mentioned, just going through really like hard situations like COVID, I think that was really hard for me. And I think that was, I think that just forced me to talk about it too. Mm. Especially because, yeah, I was living in an apartment with Anezi <laughs> and Sarah. And I feel like mm. it's just really hard to hide mm. <laughs> when you're living with yeah. other people yeah. and you see them every single day, yeah, <laughs> like COVID time. So is that like you guys had to talk to each other as a result of being together or is that what you're referring to? Or? Yeah, yeah okay. like it's just hard to hide, especially, right. I don't know, my roommates, they're very observant and would ask me, hey, are you mad or mm. why? <laughs> Have we, haven't we seen you like mm. the past three days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, well, can't lie. <laughs> you thought you were being a lot more like subtle. Dis- yeah, subtle, but it, it's not. obviously on your face or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. I've, yeah. I've learned that over the years. Yeah, I can't really hide yeah, yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a whole nother podcast about like just the living together aspect yeah. um, and what yeah. what mm. what is the role of that in uh, in Christian discipleship? I think that's a whole fascinating topic but maybe not don't have time to get into it today mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's a good topic it's a good topic yeah, and i'm sure you guys have stuff to say about it yeah so. <laughs> yeah i mean that's why so many of the you know if you've noticed like a lot of our guys they'll cite times from when they used to live together with 20 other guys right and yeah. i think maybe for some for dudes like you need like 20 guys because <laughs> maybe like the percentage of guys will bring things up is smaller. If you have 20 guys, one person will bring something up. So. If you have three yeah. people, three people will bring something yeah. up. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I feel I like, it, it, like That's interesting. it makes your growth or like your ability or your like telling people what you're thinking. Uh-huh. Like you have to if you it's only three. of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then and then as painful as that process is, you look back on it and you're like, OK, that was good. You know, yeah, so. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, okay. How about how about the others? Yeah, I think. Th- so, I guess the larger topic is, yeah, how did God form you in college? For me, I think, yeah, I really realized. So, I I say a lot that in high school or even just like before college, I didn't really think a lot. I didn't have many thoughts. Hmm. But then in college was kind of when I started having a lot of thoughts and thinking a lot more, and so. I really realized kind of just the patterns that I had from high school and just from dealing with different issues back home with my family. Like I realized that escapism was kind of my big idol. Like, yeah, that was how I would cope and that became my idol. And so that meant that I was obsessed with a lot of things because I have a very obsessive personality as well. And so I was obsessed with emo music at one point, with anime at another point, with K-pop at another point. Mm. And so that obsession with K-pop became Nexus Dance Collective at UChicago, which is a K-pop dance club that I had started. And so with that came just not only my obsession with K-pop and BTS, but also a bigger time sink of putting 
all of this, I guess, all of my love and commitment and like my stability emotionally into this one club. Mm. And I think that I didn't really think on a deeper level in regards to, oh, why do I like spend so much time like doing these things that ultimately, yeah, I'm not happy in the end or I get really stressed out by this or why am I on Twitter all day when people just like get mad at you on Twitter all day, you know? Mm. And so I think that, yeah, that's kind of something that I learned just in particular, I think through the first two to three years in college. And it definitely took a long time to kind of realize it. it was actually one of your messages, DP, that made me realize it. And like, it was when we were back in SIA and we were doing messages, or maybe it was Noah, but there was a message <laughs> about idolatry. And I remember like, mm. after that one message, like I was just like, crying so much after that message and I like talked to Kat and I'm like Kata, I like am about to spend $600 on a BTS ticket I need you to take half of this money from me right now or I'm gonna spend it oh, yeah. and, <laughs> and then she's like you can don't you can like give it to the church and I'm like I don't have a check I need you to write the check for me right now I'll like Venmo it to you and so like oh, man, yeah. yeah just crazy examples of how yeah it took a really long time for me to realize that all of the things mm. that I thought I loved and like gave me happiness and joy, um, yeah, they actually didn't provide that. And when I would look for those, for that type of satisfaction in those things, that mm. yeah, it always ended up falling short, always ended up in regrets of my own, or even just, oh, this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be, or it ended up just being much more work than it was, or than I thought it would be. And so I think that that's kind of something that took a really long time for me to learn, but is something that maybe I'm at least halfway through learning, hopefully. Mm. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, I, I think it's a, it's a lifelong process of learning because I, I think we, we learn to let go of certain things and then something else comes up. Right. And people have said that, you know, our hearts are idle factories. Right. So, mm. and it's actually, I remember that. I remember <laughs> that message. It was the 10 commandments message. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, because I remember seeing you and Kata talk about talk after the message. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I hope she's okay. <laughs> I wonder what's going on. Because <laughs> I just saw a lot of tissues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah the yeah. tissues came back. And I remember Kata asking me later, like, because, you know, because of, you know, what you were asking her to do. And I'm like, oh, that would look bad if we took money from you. Like, right? <laughs> um, that doesn't look right. So, yeah, like, yeah. we don't want to take money from people. Like, <laughs> We're committing to like take surrender their idols, right? So, <laughs> yeah, sorry. It was sli- it was a slightly humorous, but I remember like like I actually remember praying for you to to respond well to however Holy Spirit was convicting you. So. God yeah. answered your prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to God. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and then how about you? What's what are your thoughts yeah. from college? I think. Yeah, I mean, I like when we first started, I didn't really go that much into my testimony, like what, how exactly I became Christian. But yeah, I think so. I, I dealt a lot with like, yeah, like deep depression mm. and dealing with like OCD and all of that stuff. And and all of that, like when I became Christian, the thing that got me to, yeah, to really see Christ clearly and yeah, like give my life to Christ was seeing just like my sin and my neediness and how there's nothing in the world that could fill that but Christ mm. and how like even in my most unresponsive and like I mean I was I, like I was a terrible person during my depression like even in that like Christ loved me and yeah like you know cared for me and you know died for me in that state mm. and so that's like that's how I became Christian 
And so coming to university, like I was on a spiritual high, you know, like I was like, man, like God is good. I like I'm a sinner and you know, I've received this great gift. Like, oh, this is so sweet. And the summer before coming to college, I had visited my uncle's church and it was like, yeah, I mean, it was like my first time really far away from home. Mm -hmm. And I was like serving at that church and like being with the youth. And I was just so like overjoyed and like burdened. I never really felt burdened, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. you know, like for someone, like for someone's salvation before. So I was, I was coming off of that coming into um, Chicago. So it was like a spiritual high. And I think like the thing that I hadn't learned or that I did learn after four years at U Chicago was that like ministry is the call of every believer mm-hmm. and that the joy and yeah, the happiness that I experienced following Christ, like, you know, just the, I don't know, like the sweetness of just praying and like, mm-hmm. or going like to the word. It's like Jesus wants that plus you sharing it with others, mm-hmm. right? Like. Like what, is it love if I just kept all of that to myself and didn't reach out to people? Mm. And so after, yeah, I think, yeah, after coming to like Chicago and then getting plugged in with this church, I was just, I was like, I was so confused. I was like, wait, like they're sharing the gospel? <laughs> like, like, I had, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, like I had begun to feel burdened for like the people in my life right before I, before I came to university, but I hadn't seen it as like a call mm. or I hadn't seen it as like, the Great Commission is for every believer. In my mind, it was just, you know, if the if the puzzle pieces worked out and this clicked here, mm. then hey, maybe you become a minister, mm. you know? And then like, if not, if it doesn't work out that way, then just do it in your free time. Or like, I don't know, like just go up to someone in Starbucks once a month and share the, you know, like mm. that was just kind of my conception of sharing the gospel, but yeah, I think being here and then as I went from first year to second year to third year, like seeing the younger people in the church and feeling like, oh man, like I really want you to like be excited about Jesus mm. too. Or like, mm. oh man, like I see you struggling with this and I actually care as opposed to, oh, I only care about my own relationship mm. with Jesus. Like that was so foreign and so new to me. And I think having, yeah, like older people like Vivian to like go to and ask questions regarding like, sharing my faith with, you know, cousins or sharing my faith with friends, like, yeah, that was just, it was unexpected. And I think the biggest change in me from coming into university and then now as a post-grad is, okay, yeah, I am a minister. Like, this is my primary identity. Like, this is what my life is about at the end of the day. Yeah, and I I didn't have, I think, that realization before I came in. Mm. So what, I mean, I'm picking up like bits and pieces of it from what you just shared. But like, how, how do you like, how, how did, what was helpful for you to go from, you know, ministry as something that's a little bit extra in Christian life to like, actually that's just like, maybe like the fundamental calling for every Christian. Like how did that shift happen? I mean, I know we do a lot of messages on that, but <laughs> I'm sure there were like a lot of yeah. like other little things. So what were some elements that were helpful for you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't like underestimate the messages because I think for me, like, it's easy to like gloss over parts of the Bible that you aren't seeing people live out, you mm-hmm. know? So like in the New Testament, when, you know, when you read the Great Commission or where, you know, like when you're following, you know, the book of Acts and you're seeing everyone like get saved and then like share, it's easy, like if you're not seeing it lived out in your own life or with your own eyes to be like, oh, 
good for them. Oh man, mm-hmm. God was really with the early church. Mm-hmm. And you know, praise the Lord that someone reached my parents and then they reached me, you know, but you don't really connect it to like, wait, I should also <laughs> share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like this, you know, like I'm so like, I can't even explain the joy that I have for receiving the gospel. Now I should also share it as opposed to just contain it. Like yeah. it's really easy to gloss over that yeah. if you're not seeing it lived out. Like I think, yeah, like, I mean, in high school, like I'd read those passages and be like, oh man, I wish I was there as opposed mm-hmm. to, wait, I can do that with right my now. own life yeah. right now, <laughs> right you know? Now. Like, yeah. it, and I think mm. it was messages. So like hearing that clearly said, you know, during service or Bible study, plus like, sorry, plus um, seeing like people like go on, you know, mission trips mm. or um, seeing people like the staff reaching out to college students and tangibly living out what we were reading that it made it click for me that, oh, this is for me too. Yeah. You know, like I'm also a minister. Yeah. I couldn't just gloss over those chapters. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think throughout my undergrad experience, I had that same experience of like, wait, these people are trying to actually live this out. And then, but then my experience of that was that it sort of expanded what was possible. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, okay. I know that this is what we're supposed to do in theory, but actually there's some people who are, actually trying to obey and they don't do it perfectly but they're a lot closer than i am right yeah, so yeah. so then like i wanted to try to live into that so now uh, maybe i can open that question up for Inezzi and giselle too because you know this whole thing about you know like every christian being a minister like that that's like a pretty big emphasis at our church i think we talk about it a lot and it's it's written written into our way of life our new way of life you know at the x2 network way of life so like how how did you either of you like start to adopt that for yourself too. And I think maybe your your experiences are unique, so. Yeah, I think for me, it was also seeing it lived out. I think, well, my I think my first year, it also boggled my mind that these people were so young and that they came from California, like all the way from California to be here. I didn't really understand it. I was like, wow, why would they come to Chicago? Because hmm. the only reason I came to Chicago is because I got a scholarship to go to college, you know, right, like right. that's and my incentive. So I always wondered what their incentive was. And that, yeah, I knew it was something about, oh, you know, God, I don't know. They love God, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it didn't fully click until I think probably senior retreat, honestly. Like, mm, I think it started okay. building up over the years. Like I started kind of understanding like, oh, yeah, people need to hear the gospel. But then I think senior retreat, seeing the larger church and then, I don't know, like meeting like your like Kata's like, you know, leaders and mm. her talking about, oh, yeah, this is where I used to go shopping. And then I used to walk over here <laughs> and me yeah. and DP would go over here yeah, yeah. and just seeing all the people they knew and all their friends and connections. And I don't know, just this life that, you know, like you and Kata left behind and all the staff basically to come to Chicago, I realized, oh, wow, like they're taking this call seriously, like mm. very seriously, because who who would do this unless, you know, like the Great Commission is real? And I think that plus like just seeing that and I don't know, the, the Second Timothy messages that Pastor Ed gave about, you know, like what's it called? like fanning the fire or the flame into fire and sharing 
this gospel to others. I think that became more real as I saw like the larger church and all these connections that our staff have at Berkeley. Mm. Yeah. And then I think I, I got to live it out a little bit too during SLT that summer after I graduated. But mm. yeah, I wish I had seen it earlier. <laughs> I mm. wish I had like realized and understood. Yeah. Just that call to make disciples of all nations earlier. I feel like, I don't know. Sometimes I have some regrets about yeah, not doing enough while I was still a student and like oh, okay. reaching out to other students. So yeah. if you're still a student, you still have time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nezio, how about you? How, how did that form for you? Yeah, so I think that it actually took a really long time for me just because I think I would say that I became Christian maybe like my second year. And so after that, mm. I was kind of just like, okay. I should read the Bible and do DT. Let's <laughs> <Yeah>. try that. <laughs> and that was really hard to even like wake up consistently for DT is still pretty hard too. But I think that especially in this past year, actually, after graduating, it's become clearer to me. One, I think that after just kind of being put in the situations to do outreach, whether it be like in Georgia when we went on the vision trip or even just going to like campuses and dining halls, I think that I've kind of learned to appreciate not only just, oh, I'm just here to preach the gospel, but also like, oh, like this could be a person that could become like a friend whose life could be saved. Like this is like, this is a whole person and this isn't just a name that I'm going to get like in God's book or whatever, Mm. you know? Mm. And so I think that that's kind of made it a little bit easier where I'm like, oh, I can meet a cool person that like I'll be excited to like one who would listen to like me or random person coming up to them to like preach the gospel to them. Like if they're like still talking to me after that, they'd have to be pretty nice or pretty kind or pretty cool or whatever. But I think that that's kind of been one incentive just from actually practicing going out and doing it. It makes it a little bit easier knowing like, oh, like even if I get rejected, like, yeah, it's like there are people to meet out there. And I'm never going to know who these people are. I'm never going to get to actually interact with these people if I don't go and just do something that I think is a little bit awkward. But then I also think that my heart started to break maybe the end of my fourth year for my non-Christian friends a little bit more, just as I started to kind of engage a little bit more seriously in those kinds of existential, I guess, conversations like, oh, like, do you actually think like a life beyond death exists and things like that. And yeah, like I remember having a conversation with one of my pretty close friends who I still keep in touch with and just kind of hearing about how they don't really want to find out or they don't really think there's anything beyond death. And I think just hearing that, it actually like, I don't know, it made me really sad after that conversation. Mm. Just realizing like, oh, like not only are they living their life now with no hope or nothing to look forward to, but also just like, yeah, when it comes to when it comes time, if nothing changes between now and when they die, like I'm never seeing this person again. They're not going to be with me in heaven. And yeah, I think that that actually like it brought me to tears for the first time. And I think that that's kind of when I realized like, oh, there's an urgency to sharing the gospel. And it's actually really important. It's not just something that like, oh, the Bible says we have to do. So I'm going to just do it and then embarrass myself, but Mm. I got better at it. But Mm. it's actually something that, yeah, is really, it changes people's outcomes. And I want to be able to be someone that can, yeah, hopefully see a friend get saved and 
yeah, just feel that satisfaction of knowing like, wow, this person has a completely new trajectory on life. Yeah. Especially knowing like, oh, what's there before and after, like, mm. because yeah, I don't know, God can take any person from whatever before they're at and really change that for his purposes. So yeah. mm. I think that those were a few of the things that I've really learned or really come to see in the past year in particular. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think you, you know, first of all, you learn that, okay, everyone's called to be a, a, a minister. And so you learn that intellectually. But I think my experience is that over the years, you sort of appreciate different angles and different additional motivations for why we would engage in this. And so that's a little bit of what I'm, I'm getting a picture of. Even even the three of you, like your what really motivated you is maybe a little bit different. And, and then you'll, you'll learn additional ones, yeah. right? Because I think for me, how it started was it was basically just a command <laughs> like <laughs> god says so <laughs> so then like so then you do it right and then but then there's these other aspects like oh actually isn't that the loving thing to do like to love my friend and to love them by at least taking a chance and sharing with them right and you know wh whether they respond or not is not up to me right but how could i not or or just sharing in god's heart like what is god's heart like when god sees the world he sees you know sheep that are harassed and helpless you know mm -hmm. without a shepherd and like wow like and then and then you reflect on like how empty this world is like all of its promises and then and then you see like people running like running towards that so like so hard and you're like it's not going anywhere like yeah. at the end of it there's a cliff right like stop running like in that direction right so so i think i've like just even emotionally my motivations for doing it have like it becomes multifaceted and, and in different seasons of life, I think also. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think, you know, you guys have gone through the first couple stages of, you know, experiencing this, but I think, you know, God will show you a lot more in the years to come and hopefully for me too. So, Amen. yeah, thanks for sharing those. So let's, let's talk. Um, so maybe before we like move, talk, talk about your transition out of college, do you guys, do you want to give, what advice would you have for, a U Chicago student. Dun, all right. Dun, dun. I just, man, <laughs> I'm just giving you like the open floor here. Like, wow, you can just, wow. all of your wisdom. All right. Your specific <laughs> wisdom from being U Chicago students and now having the hindsight of two years out of college, like what it's like on the other side, like what advice or, or maybe just a word of encouragement do you have for a U Chicago student? And you don't have to, say it to any particular one although you can if you want <laughs> name names i mean yeah. hey, hey, you? this is what you need to hear called no. out on yeah. 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 Uh, maybe i should just have a section i'll called, edit called that out, out. <laughs> called out yeah. whoa oh, new episode whoa. New episode. Whoa. oh no no called no, out. no 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 uh, yeah so whoever's ready you can start i actually have one it's pretty quick but i think yeah a lot of my friends will say that i like it's not going to sound like it based on what I said before, but a lot of my friends will say that I was the least stressed in she college. Was. <laughs> she really was. Um, nice. And I mean, you had enough time to like something. do all the dance stuff. Yeah, right? so, yeah. yeah, but that's what made it stressful, I feel, <laughs> with the dance stuff. But yeah, in college, like I had a pretty easy major. I was in humanities, and I don't really like numbers, so I avoided numbers as much as I could. And I think that, yeah, despite... What I filled that time with, it did give me a lot of extra time to actually pursue 
coming to church things if I wanted to come to church things, going to dance practice if I wanted to go to dance practice, like actually enabling myself to have that time without feeling the stress that a lot of people at UChicago feel where they're like, oh, all of my friends around me are in the reg right now. I really don't want to go to the reg right now because I don't actually have work to do. And the reg is the library. Right? Oh, the yeah, reg, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I... Yeah, I realized that a lot of times I would be the only one not studying. And I'm like, what is everyone busy doing? <laughs> thesis. <laughs> yeah, I avoided the thesis on purpose. I dropped my major twice because I found out it had a thesis. But basically, moral of the story is that I think it's totally worth it to find. I don't, I don't know if it's like finding a major or finding just what you're studying, like finding ways to not make yourself more stressed than you have to be, mm. because I think that's a special talent that you Chicago has and just making people feel more stressed than they need to be, or even just whether it's your circle or your classes that are um, like, that are saying, oh, you have to spend like 30 hours on this piece set or whatever, mm. kind of just, it took a while to realize, but one, taking three classes instead of four is okay. And then also not every grade is worth it. Yes. And very tangibly, I remember we had Vision 2020. I don't know what that, like some sort of mini retreat. And for Vision 2020, I had three midterms due that same night that Vision started. <laughs> and I also was teaching maybe around 20 hours of dance classes oh, in wow. that week as well. And oh, I'm like, goodness. I'm going to die. Like, And one of those midterms was history. And history is one of my absolute worst topics and I remember just like being so stressed about it and then at some point I'm just like you know what it told me to write three essays I'm only writing two and that's just gonna be enough mm. for this midterm and you know at the end of the day I'm graduated and it was all okay mm. so yeah I think it's okay like it's okay to not take yeah you should take education seriously but learning what taking education seriously is versus learning what making this grade, like the definition of your life, learning that difference and really choosing what's more valuable and important to you in that time. Yeah. I promise I'm not going to comment after everyone's advice, but <laughs> I, just, I just, I just have to say this because, because I, 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 so, so in the book, Fuel in the Flame by Steve Shadrach and Paul Wooster, they say this thing that I love because I would love to say this, but I feel like I'll get in trouble. So I don't, but <laughs> this is what they say. This is what they say, which is, which is like everyone, like a lot of college students go to college, a lot of Christian college students go to college and their goal is to do as well as they can in college, mm -hmm. right? And, and of course we talk about stewarding your college education well, right? And you know, that's important for character and you know, you don't wanna be a lazy bum. Like you should yeah. le learn how to work hard, right? Work heartily in the Lord. But the point they make is, where in the Bible does it say that you have to get really good grades? <laughs> like, and, and, he, and he asks you to consider, why do you think God placed you on that college campus? Is it so that you can maximize your grades? What biblical, like what biblical basis or what biblical reasoning allows you to come to that conclusion versus what if God placed you there because that's a mission field that you, you uniquely have access into because you're a student there, right? And, and of course, again, you should be a good witness there, which means that you should try hard, right? But mm -hmm. what's more important, obeying God or getting good grades, right? So I don't know, he just puts it so like plainly and I'm like, 
Dante is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we're totally going to read that book this year. <laughs> I can confirm we, that that's in the book. I Oh, you've read it? I'm reading it. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So I, I actually bought like 30 copies of it so, oh that, um, so we can do it with all of our our core students here. So yeah, look, forward, look forward to that. So anyways, advice, advice. Yeah, so Eren or Giselle. Now, I just wanted to comment on Anazis too. Mm -hmm. I think it sounds crazy, like, oh, don't focus so much mm -hmm. on your grades. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it sounds crazy to say that, but it's it has to be said because UChicago, people are too focused on their mm -hmm. grades, like mm -hmm. to the max. Like it's unhealthy. <laughs> it gets to an unhealthy level pretty fast just because of the culture of the school. So mm. yeah, I just wanted to point that and say, yeah, that's very true in this context because yeah, yeah people here take it too too far and I think like there's almost no room to think about anything else mm. or yeah, grades just becomes like the biggest thing and if you fail this class or even get like a B, it's like the end of the world or something. Mm. And it really feels like that. Yeah. Even though intellectually you might know, oh, like it doesn't matter that much. Yeah. And you can already tell like a couple years out of college that it's really not the end of the world. <laughs> no, you realize immediately. Oh, immediately. When you know, I, like immediately. when you're applying for jobs, they don't ask for your, yeah, a lot of them don't the, yeah, ask for your that's GPA. That's what I've been trying to tell you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> and like staying, like pulling an all-nighter for one final spring quarter of second year, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> just, yeah. just get the B plus, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Just submit it. No, you know? even like I... I will admit I f did fail a class and it did mean I could not major in what I was planning on majoring in. Mm. But once again, I graduated. Mm. <laughs> Look at like, it now. You know? And you yeah. have a 9 out of 10 satisfaction on your job. Yeah, pretty good job. Yeah, There's yeah, no, exactly. correlation. No, no correlation. No correlation. <laughs> I the pulled multiple all-nighters. <laughs> multiple all-nighters. I lived off caffeine. She did. Don't do this. Out of 10, by the it way. doesn't I, matter. I provided the caffeine <laughs> she for did. one out of four of those years. She did. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> what other advice do you have? I think my advice would be to leave your room. Like, uh, it's I, so there's a lot of singles. I wasn't a single my second year in North. Like um, in, the, in the dorms. In the dorms, yeah, 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 in the dorms. A lot of singles. And I think, kind of like Anesi mentioned, the, the culture is very like, the go, 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 like stress, 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 all about your studies. And so it's really easy to feel like, oh, everyone else is probably just in their rooms. So maybe I should just stay in my room. And then before you know it, it's been three months and you haven't had like a really genuine, you know, interaction with someone. Like it's so easy to get hmm. to that place. And then I think once you get, you know, in a cycle or a rhythm of just staying in your room or staying in that one cubby in like the third floor of the reg, it's really <laughs> hard to like get out of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to when someone invites you like, oh, let's meet up for lunch or if there isn't, you know, like a, a church event, like. The, like the energy it takes to say yes mm. is so much harder when it's been months of saying like, no, I'm just gonna stay in my room, you mm. know? And sometimes it's like to study, but for me, a lot of times it was just, I just felt so like stressed and so like bogged down that I didn't wanna leave my room, you know? You're just in your room. So you're saying like, even if you don't have anything particular right then, like it's yeah. just like the inertia is so strong. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Okay. I think, I don't know if this is something that's felt by a lot of students, but some of my friends felt it and I felt it too, is you kind of just feel bad for not, like when you're not stressed, for not being stressed. Mm. You know, like, let's say I, you know, was on top of my stuff that week, submitted everything early, mm. like had nothing upcoming to study for, but everyone else was still studying. Like I felt the need of like, man, you shouldn't just be like lounging around, you mm. know, like read a book, <laughs> you know, or like mm. get even more ahead or like, 
research something. You know, you just feel like the the need to like interesting, yeah, be stressed or find stress. And I think sometimes, yeah, whatever, however you deal with that, like just don't be in your room by yourself. Like, mm. be with people. Say yes to meeting up with someone for lunch. Mm. You know, and like it's hard the first couple of times, but it's a lot better than like it being middle of winter quarter and you're like losing your mind and no one notices because yeah. you've been in your room, you know? Mm. That was definitely me in second year and I wish somebody was like, and just get out, get out of North, you know, like get out <laughs> of the reg, just like take a walk with me or something, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, me, I, I want, and I wonder if, you know, kind of taking the principle of like the atomic habits, like mm -hmm. the little things that can make a big difference, like like even more granular than that, than that like might be just, just to get out like every day for us, yeah. Like like the like the I guess daily habit could be something like even if you don't have a lunch appointment, just get outside of your room and walk around yeah. and, and do something that's not quote unquote productive <laughs> like towards this one one end that you Chicago has for you. Yeah. Right. So Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. That's good. Did all three of you guys go? Did, did I you didn't go? Oh, okay, go. okay. All right, all right. Yeah, I think oh, there's a lot, but I think one thing would be invest in relationships invest in people and well i say this as an as an introvert but who hates small talk <laughs> but honestly yeah even just trying to make small talk with people in your classes it can go a long way i think i only started doing that more in my senior year when i started to realize oh i'm gonna graduate soon and people are just gonna scatter mm. they're gonna go to all these different cities like people are already talking about that and like yeah relocating for their jobs or going back to their hometowns because a lot of you Chicago students are not from Illinois or from Chicago per se. Right, right. So, yeah, I think that's when I first started making it, I don't know, more, more of a priority to reach out to people and even just, yeah, make small talk, which I, yeah, I really don't like. But yeah, I met a lot of people that way through my different classes, people I wouldn't otherwise ever meet. Like people in your class are kind of random sometimes, mm -hmm. especially. I don't know, your senior year, your fourth mm. year when you're taking random classes <laughs> <laughs> or just for fun classes. And mm. yeah, I don't know. I think it can also be an opportunity, you know, if, like if you're Christian, like to share the gospel with someone and like, I don't know, invite them out to church and, you know, save, <laughs> you know, bring someone to Christ. That's pretty big. But yeah, I think it's important because I think I realize it now after graduating, there's not a lot of people my age around anymore and sometimes it makes me sad like you know at work i'm the youngest there everyone mm. else is like 25 28 30s 40s mm. or much older and i don't know like they're nice but i do miss having people my age which now i realize oh i see why people talk about their peers a lot i don't think i ever understood it during undergrad mm. like why people like the staff would talk about their peers and how much they love hanging out with their peers yeah yeah and now I finally understand because yeah. most of them are gone. And mm. yeah, I think I wish I had just talked to more people, more of my classmates or yeah, I don't know, been less shy and just not cared about what they mm. would think or say, but just say hi, yeah, make conversation, ask about their life, their yeah, story yeah, yeah. and share my own story and then just see what God does with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting because um, one thing I've noticed and I, ha I have not been sure whether this is a U Chicago thing or if it's a yeah. private school thing or if it's like a generational thing that's shifted. But at least compared to my college experience, what I've noticed at U Chicago is that people seem to have smaller 
tight-knit groups of friends. Mm -hmm. Like, the number of friends in the friend group are not very big, though. You know, it's like a handful. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think my experience was more that we all had three or four like groups of friends that were also bigger in size, but also probably because we went to a bigger school and there's more people. Yeah. So then, you know, I think, I mean, we probably, I probably have like 50 to 60 like strong acquaintances, (gasps) right? Not not like, I'm not talking about like close friends, Yeah, yeah. but but you know, like we we know stuff about each other and we we have shared memories. That's wild. Right. So that's, maybe that's partly a public school, large public school thing, but but I, I have noticed that. So, which mm. which I think goes to just to support what Giselle's saying about like, yeah, pushing yourself, like especially as a Christian, right? Like pushing yourself to be the kind of person who who's like open, right? And always willing to invite relationship. And I know it's really hard for introverts. Like I'm an introvert too, so. Yeah. Actually, so that, that made me think of another question, which is this, okay? So since you have the private school lens, okay? I wanna just... So this might be interesting for some of the postgrads who listen to this. And um, like, I'm, I'm curious because all of us, all the staff that you're used to at Chicago that you've, you know, and you've interacted with a good number of them over the years, we all come from a public school background. Okay. So either Berkeley or LA and big so, schools. yeah, big schools, you know, 25,000, 30,000 students. Mm, that's it. So there's, there's assumptions that we have about ministry, college, Exciting. you know, like, oh my gosh, hot seat question. Yeah. Yes. That we bring in, right? What are some differences between being like, like the assumptions that you've seen us make Mm. about what college is like and your experience of college that's different, that would be maybe beneficial for us to understand like, oh, like private school students are different in this way. Like, I don't know if if anything even comes to mind. You know, I don't know if it's like... Because I've only experienced U Chicago, I don't know if it's like, oh, are other yeah. private schools oh, like this? Just come, yeah. Or How about just speak, just speak to U Chicago? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You know, I think it was really like speaking to staff, like my first year when I was like, oh my goodness, I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> like I did not, because I think, oh man, we are so unathletic, like unathletic as a university. And I didn't realize that until like we'd play volleyball and I'd be like, oh my goodness, they made contact with the ball. <laughs> wow, they're good. <laughs> Oh, wow, it went over the net. And I will say, I mean, we've gotten better. Yeah. Oh, I can testify. H, I can yes, testify. H, you have gotten have, much better. I have like 40% time. You made it over yesterday. I know, yesterday went yeah. over the net. You, it looked good. Wow. Yay. I saw some of your, wow. your plays. <laughs> but no, first year, I feel like, I mean, that's just like a you know small, like mm. funny point. But yeah, I was like, wow, they had like fun at college, you know? And like mm. when people like would share their testimonies or whatever, it was like, oh, I was really into like, partying or like I was really into like doing like stuff like that where I was like oh I just had to get out of my room and leave my books you know like (laughs) which I mean it's like a different I mean it's just a different way of you know like getting to like oh I don't know getting closer to Christ and whatever it's like Mm. different things you give up but I was like wow I'm such a nerd the struggles were were different okay struggles were very different the range of struggles yeah range of yeah, and I, was, I don't know if you guys have noticed. If you guys have noticed that, I feel yeah. like the opposite, really? Oh, really, or not the opposite of that, but that the the inverse is also true mm. in the sense that I don't know. People here don't like arguing. Like people here, as in like the like the y'all, staff, like, like the staff, staff don't yeah, like yeah. arguing. Public schools, big oh, public yeah. schools. Like I don't know. At U Chicago, it's just like yeah, you want to talk about whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not? Let's go at it for like two hours. <laughs> And it's, like, fun, you know? But, like, I feel like only Jeanette so far has been like that. Yeah, all the other stuff are like, 
why are we talking about this? No, yeah. like, this is so dumb. No, yeah. yeah. And I but but I think but Giselle doesn't really like arguing either. So maybe that's just I mean, like outliers, a niche but like, most yeah. Chicago person. Yeah. I think, like I think Giselle's an outlier in your Chicago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like <laughs> even to that point, like with arguments, so like even like if you take it to like Christianity or talking about God, I feel like at U Chicago I found like speaking in social or Hume, if like the topic of God came up, like people mm-hmm. would share their opinions. Mm-hmm. Like it was rare to find someone who didn't have an opinion or Mm -hmm. yeah was scared of sharing their opinion or didn't have an opinion Mm -hmm. on god it was always like well i think that based on my reading of xyz philosopher god is like you know whatever like they had opinions Mm -hmm. and then if you pushed on that like pushed on that opinion or like questioned it it wasn't argument but it didn't Mm -hmm. feel like oh my goodness we're arguing it just felt like we're intellectually debating and having a <laughs> right. nuanced conversation on the metaphysical existence of, you know, like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. just the vibe. That's nice. And I think, <laughs> yeah, I think speaking or just hearing from like people who went to mm. like a bigger school or other schools, I'm realizing that's unique. Like the, yeah. the types of students who are here and like what they talk about. Granted, I, I think maybe there's more of a hesitancy to take that mm like intellectual conversation about God into like a personal application of like, all right, you know, like, okay, yeah. you think God is evil. Okay, what does that mean person? Like, what do you think, like, how does that relate to you and right. how you're, you know, navigating faith or and whatever? That conversation is much harder to That conversation is yeah. like really yeah. hard to get there. Yeah. But like just talking about God or what are your thoughts? Like they will cite. Immediately, yeah, citing stuff. like different <laughs> philosophers or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. And I remember a lot of the staff being extremely intimidated by that because they're like, I don't know how to cite anybody. <laughs> well, I can tell you what I think about God. <laughs> no, honestly, it's MLA okay. format. <laughs> yeah. I feel like something I learned throughout U Chicago is some people, they seem really confident, but, you know, they're just normal people. Yeah. Too. yeah. They're normal kids. You don't yeah. have to be intimidated yeah, by them. Yeah, yeah. They use yeah. big words. Sometimes they don't know what they mean. No, that's true. People use words that they do not know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and you only start really like noticing that. Yeah. Like when you like, learn the meaning of the yeah, words. When you know the yeah. word and then like throughout says college it, yeah. and you notice like the first years in your class and they're using mm-hmm. these big words and trying to seem all confident and you're like, yeah, yeah. hmm, I don't, I don't think they did the reading. Yeah. But then first year or when you first meet your Chicago students, you're like Oh my goodness, like what were you They're doing in high so school? How do you smart. know all of this? But then yeah, by the time I was in like honestly even second year, I was like, This is a big word. No one in this class knows what <laughs> everyone's <laughs> nodding, but no one knows what no, this means. No one let's be no real. No one did the reading. We all skimmed it, come yeah. on, you know. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's funny. Yeah, know, maybe that's one assumption yeah. too. Like, oh you should call kids are all super like they're all confident yeah. to the max, but sometimes they're just mm. Yeah. Maybe they're just good at looking confident. Yeah, yeah. I think they are. Yeah, I think yeah. we are. And so they overcompensate too. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when I didn't do the reading, I'm like, okay, I need to know this one point super, super well. Mm-hmm. And then like I remember I wrote an essay and then I got feedback on the essay that's like, it was very obvious that you didn't do any of the reading. <laughs> you like are saying the exact opposite point of what this guy is saying. Oh gosh. And so you know, like no one no one ever actually knows yeah, what that's the reading says. Right. Yeah. You know, okay, okay to uh-huh. bring it back to like conversations about faith uh-huh. and that point, I realized too like and I, I think I like fell in like I fall into this habit too. It's like when you're talking about faith and someone is coming up with a lot of like I don't know, good arguments about why God is 
good or why God is real. Like it's really easy to just go to the one like point that you read in that one book about why God isn't real mm. and then bring the conversation to that one point because you know mm-hmm. you can like destroy right. the other person's argument. Oh, interesting. But then you know like there's these like this like bigger question that the other person like knows a lot more about and you mm. constantly try to distract them mm. from like talking about that bigger thing. So you think that's like a way that you've been trained to think almost? Or? Well, it's just, I feel like it's an art, like it's a debate skill. Okay, you know? okay. A lot yeah. of people did speech and debate. A lot and of I feel people like did debate. A lot yeah. of people did debate. Right. And so it's like, yeah, when someone's talking about God and they're trying to make it practical and be like, mm. okay, I hear your point. How come, like, you don't live that out? Or like, why don't you take that thought to like the logical next step? Like, and you know that they really, mm. that they're asking you a direct point that you have to like answer and like they're making a good point. Mm. You just try to, you try to steer it away from yeah. that, or even make them like, make them second guess their thoughts. Yeah. You know, like it's it's just all debate. Like it's not yeah. really because I don't know, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know how to explain. Well, I think we can make a distinction between like debating for debates, like debating to win the argument versus mm-hmm. debating for truth. Like. Trying yeah. to seek the truth, right? Because yeah. mm. I think that's that's one of the ways in which we've characterized our experience at Chicago, which is that a lot of students are really willing to discuss these matters, but not a lot of people are discussing it so that they can actually land on anything. Like, because yeah. they're not trying yeah. to figure out what's true. It's just mm-hmm. like they just want to have a good discussion and it's for the discussion's sake almost, which as a minister is really frustrating because <laughs> you're trying to help these people move along somewhere, yeah. but actually yeah. they're not interested in moving along. They're just interested in having a good talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like nice to have a good talk, but then feels like, Oh man, what now? What, yeah. Like how do I take this person forward? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this kind of coming back to um, character characterizations of uh, you Chicago students. One of the ways I've, one of the ways I've explained you Chicago students to my fellow, like, you know, people from engineering schools like Berkeley and places like that is that you Chicago is a school full of people in your AP English class who raised their hand and responded to the teacher's questions and actually seemed like they knew what they were talking about mm. is how I've explained it. So with that kid. Yeah, it's a school full of. That kids. That, that kids. kids. <laughs> no, yeah. That, do you think that's right? No, yeah. I think okay. Yeah. 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 I think everyone here. Yeah. yeah. Because be everyone at kid. because you everyone at everyone at Berkeley is is not that kid. Yeah. It's, right. It's the other ones. They're the other kids. Yeah. They all went to Berkeley. <laughs> that one kid went to U Chicago. The normal so, kids. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I did not know that was like the descriptor. Or like when you try to, you know. Have you never heard me say that before? Nope. No. Oh, okay. No, That's no. how I've explained it to like <laughs> wow. people in Berkeley. Because then, then they get it. They're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, I think that's a good descriptor. Yeah. yeah Talking about Aristotle. You're like, what? Well, I didn't understand what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we, you know, we can we can make um, mean characterizations of Berkeley students too. So, <laughs> but we're not gonna yeah, do that. That's right. Such as like everyone, all the guys who. All the people who tried to get into Stanford but didn't make it. Oh, so. oh actually, I was I was a kid who tried to make it. Into Stanford. Oh shit! Really? Oh, so you could have been a Berkeley student. <laughs> you could have fit in at both both schools. Nice. So now coming out of your time at U Chicago, so can you can we talk a little bit about like how how you guys made the decision to stay at our church, stay, stay in Chicago, and to experience post-grad life right so you went through i guess what we call like 
new grad year. I don't know what we call it actually, but you were new grads last year and yeah. you know, you went through PCL and you, you know, you were involved in our, you know, college ministry still, but you know, served in different ways. So, but that must've been, it is a pretty significant decision for most people, you know, where, where you're going to be after college. So maybe just some words about how, how, you know, how you made that decision. Yeah, it was, it was a hard decision, at least for me, I think more in my second year, I started feeling more like, oh, what these staff are doing. I think I want to do something like this. Like I can see that this work is meaningful, but then I think COVID distracted from that for a bit. And then coming back to fourth year, you know, it was more real. I had to think about where I was going to be because I'm from Houston. That's where like my parents and my mm. siblings are. But I didn't really want to go back. I left for a reason. <laughs> I wanted to, I don't know. I, I like seeing the world and like, I wanted to see what's, what's it like in other places. Mm -hmm. like, I didn't want to be stuck in one place. I don't like the idea of just being stationary. So that's why I left, you know, I went out of state for college. But yeah, I don't know. I think it was hard still because I kind of felt guilty, you know, being the first in my family to move out of the house mm. and then also just being like a girl i think that's yeah it's not the norm especially for mexican household mm. yeah usually we just stay and like help parents until we get married and stuff and then yeah i think it was also hard for my parents to understand but yeah i think what made me decide to stay was again senior retreat like just taking in that message of oh yeah i have this gospel and I have to do something about it. And I don't have a church back in Houston. Like I only started coming out to a church, like getting plugged into a church in college. And this is where I've grown and I know I can continue growing. And yeah, I think it only made sense. I think the only barrier for me was the whole like family and feeling guilty kind of mm -hmm. thing. But everything else seemed pretty clear too. I was like, okay, yeah, I think this is my church. Like mm -hmm. I don't have a church back home. Like what am I gonna do when I go back home? Mm -hmm. I could look for another church, but I think it makes sense to stay here mm. and grow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How about others? Yeah. It didn't make like, I didn't actually know what I was going to do after graduation mm. until like right before graduation. Yeah. Right before graduation. Mm. I didn't know if I wanted to stay in Chicago, if I wanted to go back home or in my mind, like I was thinking about my uncle's church that I had visited right before, right before my freshman year and like going there. So yeah, I was really, I had no idea what I was going to do, but I think for me, it was like, I would just, I remember my spring quarter senior year reflecting over like what I had learned spiritually undergrad. And I realized like, A, okay, I, I really need community. Like it's not just like a benefit or an added plus, like I need it for my spiritual growth. I knew that like as someone who did speech and debate, as someone who did da, 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 like I could convince people that I was like a good Christian. I could convince people mm. like back home, especially my parents or uncles and aunties, like, like back home that, yeah, she's coming to church. You know, she leads some youth stuff. She has a good job. She's a solid Christian. Like I knew I could mm. convince them of that, even though internally I might like be feeling differently or I might be struggling with something. Mm. So something that, yeah, like something that was really clear to me after reflection was that if I wanted accountability and if I wanted to actually like grow to leave my sins behind or at least like 
at least actually have to confront them. Like I needed a solid community. And I knew that like with Anezi and Giselle and like, yeah, the rest of the church here, like people would hold me accountable. I mean, I wouldn't, like it would be a lot harder, right? Mm-hmm. Like to just pretend to be a cr- good Christian without actually being someone, you know, like I don't, it's just harder to pretend, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I knew I needed that. And so that was one of the reasons, yeah, one of the reasons why I decided to stay. Another reason was that, so, like I had mentioned earlier, but I was really into my thesis. I think similar to Nezi and like, yeah, or like obsessive compa- like personalities. Like I was obsessed with my thesis and like mm-hmm. my thesis topic. I don't think there's anything else that I've ever felt so like, oh man, this is it. Like I'm so passionate. Like I could do this yeah. forever. And like I really felt that. And I had like super, like, grand dreams of like, you know, if I take this all the way. I'm liberating a country, you know what mm. I mean? I'm taking people out of poverty, yeah. millions of them, like ending the refugee crisis in the Mediterranean. I am like, you know, mm. like crazy, you know, I mean, th- those are my aspirations. Right, and I right. like, I wanted to throw myself fully into that. And in my mind, I was like, that's achievable. Mm. I'm smart enough, like I'm dedicated enough, like I could do it. But then, yeah, I think spring quarter, senior year, I was re- reflecting over, yeah, my grandfather had passed during, COVID and then my grandmother was like super sick and I was like you know I could give my life to this thesis but the people I love the most <laughs> like like mm. oh man they need to make it to heaven mm. you know like it just clicked for me as I was like dealing with like family death and family illness that like there's just nothing on this earth that lasts you know and I could do something like you know I don't know like the, related to my thesis or whatever and like you know say like a feed people or whatever which is good and i should do that now but like you just people's souls matter they mm-hmm. matter a lot and i think you really notice it when like someone close to you like passes and you're just like oh man like yeah. i should have shared the gospel with my grandfather those were the questions i was really thinking about spring quarter yeah and i think yeah it just clicked there's really nothing else that will that has more impact mm-hmm. you know or that like makes life worth worthwhile and i think like as like thinking back to, or reflecting even over like, when I was in a really dark moment, I was like, what's, you know, like I, like, like life, should I even live it? You know, like thinking about those questions, like there's really nothing that, at least for me makes it, that makes life worth living, Mm. except sharing the gospel with others, you know, Mm. and like giving them that, the joy, the same joy I experienced with Mm. Jesus. And so, yeah, I think all of those points were just whirling my mind, spring quarter, senior year. And then I think after talking with I remember talking with Giselle and Inezzi and yeah, in our apartment fourth year, our apartment fourth year, mm. um, and just coming to that conclusion, like, okay, yeah, I need accountability and my thesis will not save people. Mm. <laughs> Jesus will, so yeah. yes, Jesus, you know. Okay, so so did um, your decision to maybe stay around in Chicago for another year, did, did the fact that Inezzi and Giselle, that they were gonna be here, was that a big part of it? Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah. Cause you guys Cause, could stay together like, yeah. as a friend. Group. And I think yeah. by that point, I think Giselle had like told us, oh yeah, like she's staying. By right the after spring. Yeah, right after senior after retreat. Senior retreat. Yeah, so oh, yeah. I knew okay. Giselle was staying. I and, I, and I was like, I had a pretty good like inclination that Inezzi was staying too. Mm. And I think for me, like, I don't know what my decision would have been if they mm. had said they weren't. Yeah. Um, just because like in terms of accountability, like it's really easy to be like open and honest with your peers, right, or, like right, people your sure. age. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, if accountability matters to me, having Inezzi and Giselle here, like I will be held accountable, you yeah. know? And then also like, it's fine. Yeah. Like I knew it'd be fine, oh, yeah, you know, so, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really beautiful that like, that that was a part of that decision, right? It's it's sort of 
well here, here are sisters that i've grown with the past few years and like we can continue that on right and help each other continue to grow so yeah really appreciate that yeah yeah for me edna and giselle were also impactful in my decision as well although there were kind of like two phases i guess of me making my decision to stay in chicago so the summer after my junior year i had had an internship and i had gotten a return offer from that internship which meant i was basically deciding where i would be the following year like an entire year in ahead of time mm. like i think i need to make the decision by september whatever october whatever and i was pretty stressed out about it because i had been offered locations everywhere except in the midwest mm. for where i could take my job offer which could be like from seattle to san francisco to texas to new york everywhere except the midwest like they even offered me like tampa florida which is literally like in the middle of nowhere <laughs> um, you're from florida <laughs> i know like i mean i'm by there but still, <laughs> it's the middle of nowhere kind of and so that was kind of like the first part of that struggle of whether i'm going to stay in chicago here with the church or if i'm going to go back home or go somewhere totally new and i remember i had spoken to jeff b who's now in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, because he had made a similar decision the year before on whether to leave to a new place where our church still is, but because he had gotten a church offer there, but yeah. a job, job, yeah, offer a job. There. What did I say? Church, church offer. Church offer. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? He works for our church. <laughs> <laughs> and so I spoke with him about it. And after talking with him, actually, he was like, you know, Either way, you'll probably be fine, like, if you stick with our church, like, because at that point I was thinking of either Seattle or San Francisco, mm -hmm. and we have churches in both of those locations. Mm -hmm. But for me, the people were really important, just being near people, I think, in general. Like, at first, I didn't really think church-specific, like, oh, I'm going to have to look for a new church and all of this, but rather I'm like, oh, these are the people that I've been with these past, like, four years, and I've, like grown the most with them like in general and so I think that I felt that really strong heart attachment because yeah I'm generally someone that doesn't like change but then throughout my fourth year was actually when I kind of felt maybe the more spiritual draw to wanting to stay in Chicago at that point I had negotiated to stay in Chicago and so that decision had already been made but it didn't really feel like oh I'm committing to being in Chicago but rather I had just decided to be in Chicago mm. but then in my spring quarter of fourth year with Edin, Giselle, Jason, and Chathew as well. And yeah, them. Yeah, we just hung out a lot more that quarter I was going through. Yeah, just a lot of friend drama at that time. And I was really, really like just depressed over it. But it just manifested like their friendship manifested in coming over when I didn't feel like leaving my room and inviting me over when I didn't really want to go anywhere um, because for context, they lived like just a block away from where I was living my fourth year. But yeah, so I think that that's kind of when I really realized like, oh, like the relationships that I have in the church are much more precious than, I mean, I love my friends outside of the church as well, but I think that my friendships in the church are really special and can really push me and just support me in ways that, you know, the world um, in its selfish ways is just not going to support someone unless it supports like i don't know their own end goal but the church because we are called to love one another sacrificially yeah i think that i really got to experience that from 
Giselle a lot in particular because I think after living together third year, we had been kind of going through rough patches. But then fourth year was when I really felt really strongly like, oh no, Giselle is like my friend and she's been there for me when a lot of other people haven't been there for me. And so I think that I really experienced that fourth year, which was when I'm like, oh no, this is like actually the right decision that I made, not just because, oh, I got, I negotiated to stay in Chicago, but actually because this is where the people who care about me are and who are going to show me that like Jesus's love is a love that I can't live out on my own and is a love that people will not show me. Yet we're called to that kind of love, despite how hard it is. And just, yeah, kind of just being able to be in that circle of this church, I think, was something that I saw much more as a blessing after that quarter and just the community of, I guess, I don't know, my peers, even though Chathu and Jason are not my and peers. Alex. It was Alex. <clears throat> Alex, too. Yeah, yeah. Alex. God. I know. We should have Alex on this, too. I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Cross-state yeah. depot. Uh, <laughs> no, that would, that would have been fun if I had... I had the foresight to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, another time. Yeah, another you can edit time, him yeah. in. He gets his yeah. solo episode. Yeah, for context, Alex is uh, is one of their uh, one of their peers who mm-hmm. you know was a new grad here last year, and then we recently sent him off to Emory because uh, he's doing grad school there. Ooh. So, Ooh. yeah. So, wow. man. So, it's your first, not your first. What are you? <laughs> okay, so you're so you you know. Your second years now, so you had your whole first year out of college already. So I just I just want to get your thoughts on what that was like. Okay, so maybe something that was like, you know, something you learned through that time, like something that you enjoyed, something that was surprising, surprised me with some insight about your first year out of college. More wisdom. <laughs> More wisdom. <laughs> mm. There was a lot of things that were surprising. Yeah, I feel like. So I didn't I didn't live with Anessi and Giselle third year, and so it was my first time living with both of them, new grad year, and it was yeah. There's a lot of learnings. Mm. It's just really good for getting to know yourself. Like you, I'm mm. like yeah. You just I was so surprised. I was like, dang, I don't know this about me. You know, like all the time, mm. new grad year, like yeah, living with people. And I think when you're not distracted by classes, like a lot more stuff comes out. Interesting. And so, or like you know, you just have time. Like after like. When you clock out at 5 p.m., I'm like, man, like, what now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then yeah, yeah. it's like in those moments, like interacting with people that you're like, oh, man, I'm, I'm like this, you know, mm. or like, or people will just tell you, hey, have you ever noticed that you're like this, you know? And then you're like, <laughs> nice. oh, shoot, yeah, that's true. Nice. Speaking the truth in love. Yeah, 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 in love. <laughs> so that was surprising. And then another thing that was super surprising was, so like after graduation, people scattered, like, you know, like for mm. jobs and like, the West Coast, East Coast, whatever. You're talking about like your, your Chicago friends. Yeah, your Chicago yeah, yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people scattered. And like in undergrad, I think my friend groups like outside of church knew I was Christian. Like I was very like, sorry, I'll be late to meeting. I have church at this time. Or like, I am going to Bible study. Sorry, I'll have to miss the party. You know, like stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. they knew I was Christian. And I was very surprised that like for most of them, it was only after graduation that they were like, hey, remember that time you mentioned Jesus, you know, like, and then they would mm. a, like actually oh, interesting. like ask me. And I was like, where was this when we were in person? Like, where were these questions when mm. I was like, you know, in Baker with you? Like, mm. but yeah, I would say most of my friends, like those questions came out like after graduation in new grad year when like the jobs that we all dreamed about, like didn't pan out to be as mm. 10 out of 10, you know, like, yeah, yeah. or when grad school was hard or mm. like, 
you know, when like college relationships didn't last into like, mm-hmm. you know, like romantic relationships didn't last into new grad, you know, for them new grad year or whatever. Right, right. Um, yeah. It was then when like they'd reach out and be like, wow, I didn't like, like from the friends from undergrad, like Eden was someone I didn't have a lot of drama with. Mm. Like, wow, you know, and like Eden is someone who's like now reaching out to me even after I've moved across, like across the country. Mm, and neat. so then they'd ask about Jesus and I'd be like, where was this third year when I was like in person? Yeah. Yeah, or not third year, but like fourth year <laughs> right, when I was in right, person right. with you. Right. Um, so that was super surprising. And I, I mean, I don't know how I'm navigating that because mm. it's really hard with distance. Yeah. But I was like, okay. So this goes back to advice for current undergrads. Your friends should know, at least know, be aware that you are Christian mm. because when they have questions, like if they don't know any Christians, it's really hard, you know? Yeah. So they should at least know that you're Christian and you should like be nice, you know? Like show like a good image of what a Christian friend is like mm. because when hard times hit, like they'll think about it, you know? And like, it's crazy, but they will like yeah. after graduation. So if you, if you like, I would really like the high bar is share the gospel with your friends, like directly all your friends before they scatter. But like, if not that, they should at least know like, yeah. you're Christian. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of going off of that, kind of just these people that you used to be like in contact with every day. My some of my friends stayed in Chicago and something that I realized maybe four to five months after we had all started work, maybe, I started hearing from them that they all felt very aimless mm. or very lost and they were going through just either they were like curious about Christianity or they were just, yeah, expressing their kind of just frustration with, oh, I'm working, I'm doing what I thought I should be doing. I'm like, I don't know. Consulting. A consultant, yeah. Like something that's taking up almost all my time, something that's keeping me busy and I'm ultimately like making money, but what am I doing with my life? It feels very, yeah, just aimless, very... Like there's nothing coming out of it, I guess. And I, yeah, when I hear that, I very much don't relate, but I think that I was really surprised by it because I didn't expect for them to feel that way. And for me to feel actually, oh no, I have many things to do because I am with this church, reaching out to people constantly, like involved in students' lives. Like I think that, yeah, something that maybe an assumption of what Christian life will be like and something I'm sure that I thought too as well when I'm thinking, oh, I can't make it to these events Mm -hmm. is, oh, I'm giving this up and my life is just going to be full of church and I'm going to be like bored at the end of the day or whatever. But no, like because I give up maybe, I don't know, some random like dinner one evening, I'm actually able to not only like reschedule that dinner whatever time, you know, but also spend time with students doing like eternal dealing with eternal matters i guess Mm. and that's given me more meaning than i think i would have really realized on my own like i think i really needed to i just really needed a perspective check in that sense where yeah the life that i'm living is very unique i don't think many people like live like our church does and even so like i'm sure dp like you live a very different life than i do too (laughs) but yeah something i've never really heard is that oh i like have nothing to do no one is bored no one feels like the (laughs) things they're doing someone to love you know yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. someone to love there's always someone to 
tell about the gospel, things like that. And I think I've really gained an appreciation for that. But yeah, that's something that I realized that my friends are also realizing like, oh, they don't have something that they can say, oh, I'm making an eternal change. I'm investing into a God that cares about me and cares about the world. And I think that that has also added into why I, yeah, feel this burden for my friends much more this past year because I've heard about the types of, yeah, I guess existential struggles in that sense of what they've started to feel. And even though you might think when you're graduating, oh, I want to be like these people that are consultants and making double my salary. But when I look at it now, I'm really grateful for just the way that even if I make half of their salary, like that, like I have a very solid purpose in this life. And I know that what I'm doing, even if I do it badly, really matters and is pleasing to God. So just really gained an appreciation from the gospel and realized that people notice that too in their own mm. lives. They can notice that something is missing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, man, that's super interesting actually that both of you have shared that experience of like people, like you're noticing your friends are already having that kind of angst and one thing i something i think about sometimes is that like i I think before i like really started to follow the lord freshman year of college i had a lot of daily existential angst about what my life was about Mm -hmm. and i think i i've actually kind of forgotten what that feels like so because i have to like kind of try like really hard to remember what it felt like and so then i I don't i don't think i realize how much peace i have on a day-to-day basis until until i talk with someone who's able to express that to me again and then it's sort of allows me to tap into oh yeah i remember when i used to feel like that like what what is life for like what am i what am i doing like why am i trying so hard right like but yeah like because of that purpose like you know nezi that you're referring to and like you know one way to put it is like oh yeah we're never bored or there's always something to do right and you know edin mentioned loving people like and also serving right if you're if you're willing to be a servant like you'll always have a job description because you know there's also hundreds of millions of ways to serve so like there's all these things we can do and and we can lay it out lay it unto the lord and you know and he can he'll 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 receive it as a sacrifice right so yeah i think i think that's yeah those are those are good observations yeah just uh, any any thoughts those are pretty good yeah i guess something that was surprising was how free i am as a postgrad sometimes it doesn't feel like it but it is very free comparing compared to being a student at u chicago i feel like i just had time, more time to think and reflect. And yeah, I think like Ed and said, like really get to know myself living mm. with my roommates and I don't know, just having that free time to actually reflect on why I did something or said something. Yeah, it's helpful. It's, it's a little scary, but it is helpful. I think, yeah, on that topic of existential dread, <laughs> I think I experienced some of it, which was also surprising. I did not expect myself to kind of go back to that state. Mm. But I mean, it was humbling. And I think it also brought me back to truth of, yeah, of why I'm here, why, you know, why I'm Christian, why I stayed at this church, why I'm involved with this ministry that lives, that really tries to live out, you know, the faith and the Great Commission and actually obeys Jesus rather than just, you know, going to a consumer church or something like that. Yeah, I think for me, it was when I started work. And I just, I don't know, on the way back from work, I would just ask myself, like, wow, why 
I don't know. Why am I doing this? Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, I just come back from work and I'm really tired. I don't know how the staff does all this, but here we are, I guess, one day <laughs> at a time. Yeah, it was humbling. I don't know. I think after graduating and then doing SLT, I felt really like, go, go, go. Yeah, I'm so excited for ministry. Let's go. Let's give it my all. And then I realized, oh, yeah. <laughs> the reality of daily life hit you. <laughs> yeah, daily life. Daily life is pretty can be Mon- monotonous in some ways, right? Like yeah. it's the same thing every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same alarms. Yeah. Yeah. And there would be those times when I don't want to think, mm. especially like commutes back home. So I would just sleep and try not to miss my stop. Mm. But yeah, I think, I think that was surprising. Yeah. I did not expect myself to be very existential that year, especially those first few months of starting work. But yeah, I think it was good. It grounded me back in the truth and mm. it made me think and really process and remember, oh yeah, this is why I stayed in Chicago. Oh yeah, this is why I'm doing ministry alongside, you know, day job. I'm not just going home and watching Netflix and resting, quote unquote. My idea of resting, yeah, it's it's different from what my coworkers are doing and it feels a little crazy sometimes, mm. but yeah, I think. Just having that space to think was very helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. You know, as, as I think about the three of you, you know, and, you know, you, you attended our all team retreat this past summer, you know, with the intention of uh, joining team and yeah, it's neat to hear your, your perspective and your stories. And, and, and I know you, I asked you about like why you um, chose to stay and I just want to make it clear to people listening that, you know, it's not like we expect everyone to stay at our church. I mean, I happened to be talking with three people who did. And so that's why I'm asking that question. But man, there's, there's plenty of people that we've ministered to that we've, you know, loved here in Chicago church over the years that we've blessed to go and, you know, go on, move on to the next thing. Even Alex, like, yeah, man, it was, cool. yeah it was, it was sad, like to have him move because mm-hmm. we, we love Alex, but you know, like you know, he has, he has grad school in Emory. And so we went and sent him off and we even did a little vision trip down there to see yeah. what the campus is like. And actually Emory is very beautiful. Not as beautiful as Berkeley, but, you know, pretty close. Uh, <laughs> Every- <laughs> Everything has to compare back to Berkeley. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So, but I'm, I'm really um, thankful for how God's really worked in each of your lives. And, and, I, and I see it. I see how uh, God's working and continuously shaping you. So maybe... Um, I think I think we need to try to wrap things up here. So maybe the one final question is like, what's been what's just been like a highlight so far for you as a as a postgraduate member of our church? So just anything from graduation till now, what's been one highlight for you? I was actually sharing this with Anesi and Giselle earlier, but I think like so like in thinking about oh like my life as a minister or like sharing the gospel is like being the priority. Mm. I think. Something that I, at the back of my mind, always worried was like, will there be like that sweetness with Jesus though? Like, like that individual, like "Ah, sweetness with Jesus and like whatever. And the answer is yes. It's actually like, I think there's hard, like hard parts about new grad year and like, like not being a student and being like an adult and like Mm -hmm. trying to fit in, like sharing the gospel with people. But there's just so much sweetness as well. And that like in ministry, it's not just you, like, it's not like... Jesus gives you the great commission is like, you know, share the gospel with people alone. Like he's there with you too, you know? And it's actually so exciting. And I think that as I like look around at the people here at Anesi and Giselle, like there's just so much sweetness, like, Mm. like, like just joy, you know, that comes out of, yeah, just saying yes to Jesus. And then, yeah, just like, 
like I during PCL, we talked about something called lingering conversations Mm -hmm. and always being okay with like, you know, I don't know, like dinner is scheduled to end at 8 p.m., but people are still talking at 8.05, like. (laughs) <laughs> Let me listen to what they're talking about. And, and you know, like lingering mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah, yeah. And at first I was just like, man, what is this? Like, <laughs> What is this lingering yeah. you speak of? <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm like, like I'm a J, my Myers-Briggs. My Myers-Briggs, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm not that J. But when lingering conversations came up, I was like, if it ends at eight. <laughs> I mean, can we just what? end it at yeah, eight? Yeah, why are we lingering and talking? You know what I mean? I got, I got to go to bed, you know? Yeah. Um, at eight, eight p.m.? <laughs> No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I didn't know five actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, so, but, you know, there's sweetness in those moments. Like, mm-hmm. and that's part of ministry. Like, part of ministry is like, yeah, just spending time with other Christians, like yeah. sharing ups and downs and like going down like random, you know, conversation trails and like mm-hmm. whatever. And yeah, I just, I think when I think about like, comparing me in high school and comparing me now, I'm like, oh man, there's just so much joy in mm-hmm. community. You know, it's not just like, yeah, Jesus calls us into community because it's good. It's mm. like, it's also joyful, you know? Yeah. Like, he he also has a lot of joy in store. And it's something that I wish that I could just, like, like, just, like, you, be like, <laughs> receive the community. Like, joyful. Like, there's just so much joy. Like, Feel it. it. Feel yeah, it now. It's hard to explain, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? Yeah. It's hard to explain, but I'm yeah. just like, yeah, oh, man, just to be there. Just, yeah. you, you, you should have been there. Yeah. You know, there's so much joy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, because the things that sometimes God asks us to do is so counterintuitive to our own, intu- like, our own desires and but when we do it we actually realize oh yeah that was nice and not only was it nice but yeah it's joyful right and fills you with this deep sense of joy so yeah yeah i think for me what i've been able to really appreciate is just having more extended time with the staff and kind of feeling that even if i don't i don't know if the divide actually exists but i feel it when i was a student versus staff it's like oh I'm a student and I stay down here, whereas staff, you're up there. Mm. Um, But I think now that we've graduated a little bit and we're all working together, especially the people who work from home, we're usually together at least three, four days out of the week, the whole day, working together in the same space. And I think that's how I really got to know Amy and Huna in particular really well. Um, So sad to see Amy go. Mm. But yeah, just really cherish those times where I got to really see like Huna for example who's been at U Chicago since our second year so four years now maybe mm-hmm. kind of just seeing how our relationship has evolved in even this past year where it feels like we're a little bit closer like we're able to share a little bit more about ourselves and we're able to just like yeah speak a little bit more honestly to each other and I think that that's been something that I've really been able to appreciate and same with like Kata and Vivian who because I guess not only were they staff but they were also like my leaders at some point Mm. and so I think that that was also another layer where it felt like oh like they're a little bit more divided from me but I think this past year I kind of got to see those walls break down a little bit more and just really get to see these people not as oh they're church staff but they're actual people and people who were open to me and I can be open with them as well so I've really been able to yeah, just appreciate each person's personhood, especially with the new people joining our team. Just getting to meet them and spend more time with them as well and really getting to know them in a new context that isn't just a student-staff, I guess, relationship is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was also going to mention, like, I really enjoyed getting to know the staff more. And yeah, I, I think just getting closer to them, like how Nezi described. But I think, yeah, also for me, a highlight has been or it was getting closer to peers, like getting to know my peers and mm. getting closer to them both here, you know, in Chicagoland, but also, and, you know, like Anazi and Eden, but also like across like the network, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just through things like PCL or like ATR and, or, you know, Philippines mission trip. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun. I think it's very encouraging just seeing other people my age and, I don't know, kind of seeing that, oh, yeah, I'm not crazy. (laughs) Mm. You know, like these people are very zealous. And yeah, I can learn things from them, from each of them. I think, yeah, every single person is very different. And I really enjoy that. I think that's always a highlight for me, like just getting to learn their story and yeah, learn from them and be encouraged by them. Yeah. And I really enjoyed PCL, too. That's post-college life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I love the content. I think there is a lot to think about. I love lingering conversations. <laughs> yeah, I, it was very practical, very heady as well at times. But yeah, I think I I really liked just getting to see like Chicago peers more often, like once a week and getting to look forward to that one day a week. Yeah, I think every week I would look forward to Tuesday or yeah. whatever day it was mm-hmm. just because I would see my friends. <laughs> That's how I came to see them. Like, yeah, yeah, get to see my friends and I don't know, just talk about life <laughs> or yeah, just be real with each other. So yeah, I really looked forward to those times and I don't know, just seeing my friends. So yeah, that was a highlight of new grad year, especially when I was going through like the existential thoughts. Mm-hmm. Think that was very grounding, just getting to talk to peers and, yeah, be encouraged by them. Mm. Nice. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Hey, do you have any questions for me? Like, I guess since we're here. <laughs> yes, yes, I do have a question. Okay, so we've talked about our experiences undergrad and how, like, we've been spiritually formed and changed and, you know, have grown and then postgrad. But then you have the unique perspective of, like, being a pastor, like, like watching us grow, mm-hmm. you know, and making that transition. What is one advice you have uniquely shaped to you Chicago graduates from this church who's not, whose names rhyme with Benezi, Gagden, and Fizel. And Fizel? Oh. Yeah. Like, I wonder yeah. who these are. Um, no, I don't know. Random names. You're saying advice, advice for yeah. them right now. Yeah. Knowing us. like Knowing, knowing, knowing them right now. Yeah. Those like, like, hypothetical people. <laughs> hypothetical yeah, yeah. I see. I see. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I do have the vantage point of having seen the three of you. And yeah, it's kind of... My first impression of Eden was like... I just remember when I moved here and we were planning for welcome night. People kept saying, oh, Eden can do this like... Oh, no. <laughs> like poetry slam or something like oh. spoken word like so that oh, that that, no. that was my first impression oh, yeah, i was yeah. like Eden's the one who does the spoken word yeah yeah and so you know that was and then and then i actually don't remember what my first impression of anezi was but i think it must have been something related to k-pop <laughs> i'm pretty sure or dance or, or something and and then i just remember with giselle it was like i just thought you were like a super core regular student because you just started coming out sophomore year i guess when i first moved here and then i remember i talked with some of the staff who had been at uchicago 
they're like, oh, who's coming out nowadays? I was like, oh, you know, like Giselle. Like, you know, she's there. They're like, Giselle? Giselle comes? Like, why are you so you mean Fizzell? oh sorry Fizzell Fizzell's like they're all all every time I'm like they're like Jizz so then I was like oh okay she must not have ever come last year <laughs> so yeah those are my early memories of you but yeah so as I think about oh man what advice I have for you not you these hypothetical people <laughs> whose names happen to rhyme <laughs> yeah I think I think the reason I was struggling with this is because I feel like what I want to say is sounds so basic, but it's basically just read a lot of God's word. Mm, that basic. I, I, it's it's so basic. That's why I was like, okay, there's got to be something more clever. But I I just feel like that's what it ultimately comes down to. Mm. If you're someone who enjoys the presence of the Lord and enjoys like. A lot. And Eden, you shared from this verse in Colossians, right? Like when we were share, sharing from this, oh, yeah. let the word of God dwell in you richly, right? Yeah, yeah like I think it's that. I, I think it's if if the, I think that's the core. It, it, it starts with everything, right? And so and so then, you know, and that that's the same advice I would give to, like, an undergrad, or that's the same advice I'd give to our most experienced staff, right? And that's the advice that I need to keep hearing. Like, and mm. you'd be surprised. Like, I mean, you know, like the full time leads we gather and. You know, what are the exhortations that we receive? Read your word, like read the word, yeah. pray, you know, spend time doing these basic things that are, are the first to go often. Right. And so we just need to be constantly reminded of those basic things. So and if you do that, then everything else will follow, I feel like. So, yeah. Sorry, I don't have anything more novel for you. Back to the basics. Yeah. Foundation. Back to the basics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen, amen. All right. Let's end with this. OK, let's. Why don't you. Give some shout outs, okay? Some shout outs to people who have been part of Chicago Church, maybe who are not here anymore, but uh, just some whatever rapid fire shout outs, and we'll end with that. Dang, rapid fire. I wasn't ready for that. No, I'm going to join. I already asked a question. Yeah, okay, join. Okay. Yes. So on this list, we've got David Lee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, shout out to David. Yes. Sorry, I should Yeah, we were one. there at your farewell. <laughs> yes, we were. Shout out to you. Joanna. Anna, Kaylee, Kaylee, the OGs, Aurora, Aurora, the OG, Aurora, thank you for noticing the cross necklace. Noticing Eden's necklace, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Cynthia. Cynthia. She wasn't here, but I no, remember her, her first year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Noah King. He mm-hmm. was here. He was here. Nolan. <laughs> shout out to Nolan. Shout out to Nolan. Nolan. Yes. Nolan. Shout out to Hannah Park. Yeah. Hannah. Love you, Hannah. Alicia and Stella. Shout out to Alicia, Alicia and, Stella. and Stella. And their two babies. Shout out to the babies. So cute. <laughs> Love the babies. Amy. Amy and Ben. Shout, Amen. Out, and ben. Shout out to Amen. Oh my uh, gosh. What, what's his name? Ben Giannis. What? Ben Giannis. Ben, ben Giannis. <laughs> ben Giannis. <laughs> ben Giannis. Who is that? That's his basketball name. I mean, he, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I see. Like, I'm Who like, else? I'm thinking of all the farewells. You know, shout out to Alex. Yeah, Alex yeah. Our and peers. Lauren. Aaron, Lauren. Lauren. Yeah. Killing it at grad school. Truly. Good 6 to 9 p.m. School, classes. You got it. Because I don't. DP, do you have shout outs? You have to help us. Shout out to no, 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 no. want to miss a single I had, person. I had totally shut off my brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the people I, I, I had. So. I don't even know who you mentioned so far. Um, um, if they, but, but as, whenever you're done, you can you can just start the acapella outro whenever oh. you want. Shoom.
Thanks everyone for、uh, joining us for the Viewpod episode today. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Age and、uh, all the insights that they have about U Chicago and their own、uh, experience of graduating and joining our church. So,、uh, see you next time.